three is a crowd. I'm here today, once again, as always, in the bunker. Bunker summer. Bunker going down the river. Lazy river in the summer. Bunker ride battle. Bunker Palooza is what we got going on here. We are here once again, Kelly. It's been another two weeks. I need to remind you that this is a Bob Dylan podcast. Yes, I have been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the exact number of curls that Shirley Temple wore in her hair. Ooh. So, like, okay, when we say curls, we don't mean, like, individual strands. We just mean, like, the the spirals. The spirals. There were 56 spirals in her hair every time. That seems like, why? Why? Why, indeed. And this week, we listen to Spirit on the Water. Off of 2006's Modern Times. Spirit on the water Darkness on the face of the deep I keep thinking about you Baby, and I can't hardly sleep. I'm Kelly, really quickly, initial overview on these two weeks that we spent with this. Again, keep in mind, we're on the Lazy River. We're heading into summer. Summer is, you could say it's here, but not until we get to the end of the Lazy River. I like it. It's definitely crooner, Bob. I think it's like a pitch-perfect, loungy, mm. smooth jazz kind of vibe. It is nice. Um, you can hear that up to upright bass. You're just like, mm, oh yeah, mm, mm, beautiful. Mm, just kind of bouncing around the whole track. Yeah, it's great. So I like it. I like it a lot. It's dark, which we'll get into. And it's long. And it's long, but uh, does it feel that long? It you? doesn't. Yeah, because the way mean. that uh, there's no nothing repetitive as far as the lyrics go. Um, so that keeps it interesting. But then also it bounces from verse to verse. You get like three in a in a major. Uh, key and then they'll go into a minor key um at every third or so verse but even that i don't think it was every three specifically so they changed it up enough that i didn't feel like it was an agonizing seven and a half minutes that's fair yeah i think also once like for me i just know all the words i'm just like do to do just going along with them and it's also nice because it's all there's no chorus or anything like that it's just kind of a continuous story that never really stops and i think that's to its benefit because you're not like Oh, here's the fourth chorus. Here's when you keep hitting that chorus. refrain, you're just like, uh, yeah, we already did this. And as yeah. we know, Bob, not one for refrains. Although That's, Desolation Row also doesn't do that. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, see, and I feel, but it has still the little hook, the Desolation Row hook. Oh, I guess that's true. At the end of every one of them, which is different because there is no more spirit on the water at all right. after we hear it the first time. So uh, this song was recorded in February of 2006 at the Sony Recording Studios in New York City. Produced by Jack Frost, also known as Bob, Bob Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> yes. So this was his um, yeah, second album of his own productions after Love and Theft. Uh, the song has been played 547 times. And this number will change as of the moment you listen to this. He first played it October of 2006. He last played it March 28th, 2018 in Madrid. No shit. Um, so, yeah, you're listening to this in June. So I, he's maybe he's announcing new uh, tour dates. I think he only has a few after March 28th. So I'm not sure what he's doing on tour, but hopefully he's touring the Pacific Northwest. We should totally go. I mean, I feel like I have to go, right? Yeah, I think we would definitely be buying tickets. Okay. First and foremost. Fine. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> so the song itself is pretty interesting. Uh, Clinton Highland had a little bit of a take on it. He said, quote, The whole shebang comes across like another consciously anachronistic parlor song that perversely owes more to the works of Sonny Boy Williamson than Stephen Foster. Rolling Stone, in its five-star review of the record, called it a dance hall ballad. Quote, Dylan invokes God's creation of the heavens and earth to describe his sweetheart's face. There's divine reckoning here too, though. I want to be with you in paradise, and it seems so unfair I can't go to paradise no more. I killed a man back there. So everybody sees this as kind of a lighthearted affair. How? Yeah, and now we go pretty dark on this, but for once, I am like on board with this. The murdering. This There's a lot of murder. Finally, you see my side of I Bob know. Dylan. There's no way to like listen to this. Uh, I think when you listen to it as just a standard, I miss you baby type of song, it's not great. It's not like it's just the same refrain over again. A lot of the stuff are kind of cliches, but when you start seeing it as like, I, I'm talking to a corpse right now. Absolutely. And I'm like putting makeup on my corpse. I'm asking the corpse if it's ever seen a ghost. No, but you've heard of them. Yeah. Now we're talking about a weird ass serial Ooh, you killer. you took a little bit different route. I know. I like that. I know. So <laughs> I feel like he's genuine in his feelings at the beginning and then things took a very dark turn and then it was Murderville. I think it's just a single murder though. I think he's just obsessed with this person and it's murder. Murder through and through. I mean, it's like soon after midnight. It's like those weird vibes that are coming off of Bob Dylan. Well, unlike soon after midnight where I was minding my own business and then he's like, I'm dragging your corpse through the mud. That's fair. Uh, That's a fair point. This immediately struck me Mm. as like a stalker fucked up thing. And then I tried to listen to it not being that person and I couldn't. Whereas I think you could make the case for soon after midnight that it's not that song. Yeah. I don't agree. I don't agree but with either. with this, I, I'm hard-pressed to find an alternative way. But about the song, not the lyrics, uh, I Clinton Highland called it a parlor lounge. Same thing. Yeah, and the dance hall vibe or whatever. Right. Yeah, it's that. It's another one of those you feel like you're in 1950. Yeah, so the boxes come on and you're... The clean amp with like the Stratocaster mm-hmm. kind of tremolo sound with both the guitars and the slide on it. It's beautiful. Uh, the, the trap set with the brushes. So oh, you just beautiful. get that little tiny bit of perfect uh, drum sound. The piano's great. The harmonica uh, is a very that. interesting sound mm-hmm. because it doesn't, it's not Bob Dylan harmonica sound. No. It's like this weird light. Well, it's, it sounds somber. It sounds lonely. But the, the way he's blowing through it is not so aggressive. Like, you don't get those squeaks and squawks. It's just like a very measured kind of thing. It's been um, a long time, too, since he's played it. So that I would was, imagine. that was really out of left field. And actually, I as far as I recollect, that's the only harmonica use on Modern Times. And I think that's the last time he's used the harmonica on a track. On our track. Well. Sense. So. And then the bass. Yeah, the, that upright bass. It's just wonderful. the the way it, it goes through the song. You're missing one instrument, though. Bob Dylan's voice. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing. Angelic. Yeah. It's so wonderful. And I think it doesn't even have quite the same gruffness as it will on Triplicate. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and well, that's probably an age thing. And that's 10 years, 11 years after right. the fact. Yeah. So this was so it's really, Yeah, it's really nice. It's really pleasant. Yeah. Sans the lyrical content. It's a really well, nice. I love song. the lyrical content. Oh, me too. I like and I love the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. It's that Ben Gibbard classic. Great. Fucked up lyrics. 
happy song. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm with you. It's uh, the the way he sings and the way he sings these lines in a lot of modern times, and this is our first modern time song, um, is a lot like this, where he's half croon mode. There's enough rocking songs on here that you don't get a lot like this. Because even the, the next one close to this is a song called Ain't Talking, which closes out the record. And it's fantastic. It's a fantastic song. And it takes a lot of the darkness that's in here, but really externalizes it. And it gives Bob Dylan – he's walking through a place and he's commenting about the world. Whereas this, it doesn't – there's a little bit of mystery here. If you don't connect the dots like we have that he's a murderer, I see the song as way too vague and way too mysterious. Hmm. That it almost like – it's kind of a jumble of nothing because there's a lot of weird stuff that happened. Not only is it a I Miss You Baby song, but then at the weird moments where it's like – I've been trampling through mud, praying to the powers above. Blood come from is this cold irons bound with the you know rain, rain of blood or whatever the clouds of blood it's a great song it's a great song but lots of blood metaphors and then at the very end i still i i cringe a little bit at this line but like you think i'm over the hill you think i'm past my prime let me see what you got we can have a whopping good time how is that not creepy like how do you read that well, as okay now i read that as like incredibly creepy that's yeah, horrible that's but when saying. you're just listening to the song straight that literally makes no sense. It almost well, when comes. Well, he says whopping, you're just like, oh, we're back in the ice cream, the mulcha. Like, I know. But, and then all of that before is basically just like overly sentimentalized. You know, the woman is just on a pedestal, which is another Bob Dylan trope through and through. But it's almost a meta comment on it. But I kind of don't go that way. Like, I kind of go the way we did with Soon After Midnight, which, again, 2012, different than 2006. But he's done this before, taking on other characters, taking on other ideas about love and sex and all this stuff i genuinely come down on the side that he killed this person right and so how do you think it went down i think it's pretty simple it starts out just fine spirit on the water darkness on the face of the deep beautiful just what a great opening line you're just, i'm drawn immediately spirit on the water what a beautiful idea uh I've been thinking about you. I can't hardly sleep. Cool. We've all felt that before. Everything so far so good. I'm wild about you, gal. You ought to be a fool about me. I'm just like, these kids, just get a, get a malt. Get a malt. Go back. Make sure to like, I don't know. I guess you don't have any condoms. So you got to do it in a certain way. You know, you probably learn from your friend. You know, if she's. Anal. Yeah, there you go. Or you stand up right afterwards. You're going to be fine. Nope. You won't be fine. You no, won't. that is not good advice. No. And then right after that, it's like. I'm trampling through mud, like I said before. Praying to the powers of blood and sweating blood. You got a face that begs for love. Now, for me, that is not just my love. That's everyone's love. So I'm watching you like smiling at someone else in the mall shop, or I'm watching you like flirting with someone else. Because right after that, life without you doesn't mean a thing to me. If I can't have you, I'll throw my love into the deep blue sea. Sometimes I wonder why you can't treat me right. You do good all day. Then you go and then you do wrong all night. So she's acting out at night because at at school she's just fine. Oh, now she's in school. Yeah, well, they're just high school kids. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha. At school, she's just a goody goody, but at night she's 
getting a little frisky. And Bob. Are narrator. we in the fifties? I mean, you did say mall job. Yeah, mall job. We're in the fifties. In the vibe of the yeah, song. Yeah, the, sure. the vibe of the song. You got to roll with it. Okay. Um, and then when you're with me, I'm a thousand times happier than I could ever say. Oh, I also love the way he sings that. Um, but what does it matter what price I pay? So now he's thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this person. And then you brag about your sugar, you know, like you brag about it all mm, over town. That's when it gets real dark. Put some sugar in my bowl. I feel like laying down. At this point, she dead. She's gone. I'm pale as a ghost because he killed her, holding uh, a blossom to a stem. So still poetic, Bob, our narrator. Sorry. <laughs> Have you ever seen a ghost? No. He's taunting her, but you've heard of them. I see you there. So he's talking to her corpse. At this he's point. talking to her corpse. Okay, okay. I see you there. And then I wrote, in hell, I'm blinded by the colors I see from the strangling. I take good care of what belongs to me. It's a little ironic. So, see, you don't think that he has her corpse around? No, I th- he's got his corpse around. Okay, yeah. yeah so he's he's like, just like, I'll okay. see you in hell. Gotcha. I'm blinded by the colors I see. My eyes are popping because I strangled you. Okay. And then he's, I'll take good care of what belongs to me. So at that point, he's almost like, this I, weird Norman Bates I know I killed you, but I take good care of you. I did what was right for you. This was needed. I'm a good boyfriend. I'm a good lover. Oh, see, I thought you meant like you. he's literally tending to the corpse. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, sure. But maybe he's not there yet. He's not in the weird spot. He does get there Okay, later. so right now we're still in metaphor. No, right now he's just like, I did the right thing. I did the right thing. I meant to do this. Gotcha. I meant to kill I her. Care of you. I yeah, I took care of you. Gotcha. You were asking for this. You were asking for me to kill you. Right. Um, and then I hear your name, which he's remembering back to her screaming, um, ringing up and down the line. I'm seeing it plain. These ties, which could be the tie that he used to kill her, are strong enough to bind. He would know. Your voice is sweet, or your sweet voice. She's screaming still. But the sweet, the screaming has turned into a sweet voice in his right. mind. Um, I could live forever with you perfectly, because now she's uh, silent and not talking. You don't ever have to make a fuss over me. And I wrote, she can't. <laughs> she and then, from east to west, ever since the world began, I only meant it for the best. I want to be with you any way that I can. Not creepy at all. High on the hill, where her grave is, you can carry all my thoughts with you. You've numbed my will. This love could tear me in two. And then he goes on to that, I want to be with you in paradise, which is the only thing that kind of messes up the vibe here, mm-hmm. is I want to be with you in paradise. It seems so unfair. I can't go back to paradise no more. I killed a man back there. All right. Maybe it's a man. Maybe the woman did it. I don't know. Didn't think that far ahead. He could also, Ooh. I know, but he could also be talking about another man, another murder. So in my head, it was another murder. So he's he's basically confessing to the corpse that I... He has this delusion that he is going to paradise with her because he killed her. And then when he dies, he will get to be with her. Mm. But he then realizes, I, not because I murdered you, but I killed someone else. So it turns out I'm not actually going to be able to be with you. And then I feel like the last line then makes a little bit more sense because then it's almost like a sort of resignation where it's like you're almost taunting the corpse again. You know, you thought I was over the hill. You thought I was past my prime. Well, let me see what you've got. We can have a whopping good time. It's basically saying, like, it doesn't matter. So I'm not going I'm not going to paradise anymore. But you and I right now, corpse, I'm going to show you what I got. We're going to have a great time right here. Everything is fine. And that's the end of the song. That's how I saw it. I'm open to interpretations. So I like that. 
Okay. I think that's good. I think that's totally plausible. Yeah, I think so. For a second, I was like, does he not mention gender? He does say gal. I was like, is it mm-hmm. a gay lover? Oh, my goodness. I, Ew, I just said the word lover. I hate that word, especially when it's right after gay, because I'm like, just say your boyfriend. Although there's a lot of gay folks that use the word lover, and I'm just like, whatever. Not for me. I think it's an older generation type of gay yeah. thing, because that was really common. He's taking a gay lover. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That was a tangent. That was a tangent. It's just I don't know, something like, lava. Well, you just <laughs> did it instinctively, so who knows? Maybe yeah, it's soon. because I've been like pre-programmed yeah, somehow. That's true. that's true. Anyway. Yeah, how did this go down? I'm, I'm interested in yours. Dragons so, probably will make an appearance. No, okay. not yet. But uh, as I am now conditioned to think about Bob Dylan songs, this is not linear. Oh. <laughs> Shit, okay. But not so crazy and deep as where I have to have diagrams and things. And yeah, that's good. <laughs> but, uh, so I, think I would the, love the diagrams, right? let's be honest. Uh, I think the first uh, three verses are present, and then the rest of the song is in the past. Like, Spirit on the Water, mm. I think, is literally uh, the corpse of the woman he killed has nice. come. The darkness on the face. Yeah, of she's, deep. her body surfaced. And now he's reflecting, like, I think at the, towards, at the end of all this, he's... He did kill her. He's gotten away with it. He's moved on. He's, like, mm. started a new life. Traveling by land, yeah. Because yeah. he kind of leaves later, but it's almost like, I've been traveling by land, and now yeah. I'm back. So I think he killed her, and he, he took off. And then he sees, turns on the news, and finds out, woman appears on the banks of whatever fucking river in the middle of nowhere town. And he's like... It's like Black Mirror. Now I'm thinking of you. Shows up out of nowhere after you killed them and right. buried their body. So it, I've taken it very literal in that the spirit on the water is the corpse of the person he's buried. Nice, nice. So then we start the story back, like, even the, um, I can't explain the source of the hidden pain. So this is, like, classic murderer psychopathy. Is like, I don't know why I turned into this monster that craves murder. Like, like just wants to kill. I can't help it. Yeah, when you were near, I, it was always a plain... Uh, as it can be, I'm wild about you, gal. You ought to be a fool about me. Yeah. But you're not. Right. And you, you definitely touched on that kind of mm-hmm. um, narcissism obsession kind of thing, too, with your same murdery Bob character, yeah. where it's like, it's it's all about them in the end. It's all power. It has nothing really to do with the other person. They just happen to be the target at the end of the day, because it's all about them. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it's, especially with the sugar in your bowl stuff, for me, it was he fixated on this woman who was in the town that he happened to live in. Um, and she, through his eyes, I I don't even think... So this is... There's kind of two ways about this, but I'm going to go with this direction. So I think he did court this woman. They were legitimately in a relationship. He began a very abusive relationship with her. Um, where he... It started the same way most abusers do, where it's like, you can't hang out with your friends. And slowly but surely, it turned into almost a hostage situation. Wherein she would just talk to men in the town and like, I see you over there. I see you spreading your sugar over there. You better bring that over here mm-hmm. because you're mine. Yes. And just it gradually turned into this thing where he was such a jealous rage monster that he literally kept her in the house, like chained in the house. The well, ties think, that bind. And I think some of the things, I mean, because it's always good to have textual evidence of that, but I think the text speaks for itself. I mean, those abusive patterns, like the way people think and would lash out are in the lines like life without you doesn't mean a thing to me. If I can't have you, I'll throw you in the deep blue sea. You mm-hmm. do good all day. You do wrong all night. Like, yeah, those are those. It's your you're fault. Talking about. It's exactly. It's your fault. I'm hurting you. It's your fault. You're in this situation. If you could just be with me, we could both be happy. And like, I'm happy when I'm with you. Aren't you happy? We're happy together. Right. Meanwhile, she's chained in the basement. And 
what choices she had but to say yes because she's afraid you're going to get murdered, right? Yeah. Well, even the sugar thing is pretty sick because it's almost like, you know, you brag about your sugar, which is like, you know, I, anybody can imagine that. You know, that's your sexuality. That's what your mojo, whatever. And he's just asking to put some sugar, just put a little bit in there. And That's why I think the turning point is. I, know. I think it started off as an abusive relationship, and then right there where he's like, this jealous monster came mm-hmm. in where he's like, oh, other people want you too. I think he killed someone. I think he killed someone who was trying to court her, which is, the, I killed the man back there. Nice. Um, who was the guy's name and up to me? Oh, my God. I will never remember. Slim was the other one. Tyro. God damn it. Every time. Dupree. Dupree, oh my god, nice pull. Just edited it a while ago, and we did that thing. Nice, amazing. So, yeah, it could be Dupree, who cares? It's Dupree. Dupree Uh, came Oh yeah, it's definitely Dupree. Okay, Yeah. Dupree. Yeah, Yeah, it's Dupree. So he kills Dupree. (laughs) Fact, now. Um, This could be Tangled Up in Blue Guy. Oh my god, who, oh shit, yeah, it could be. We gotta, we gotta rein this in a little bit. Oh my god. Um. So I think that that also fits into the have you ever seen a ghost? I feel like he killed – like so th- these things could happen in tandem. It's – he sees her with other men. Not even – again, this is an abusive relationship. So it literally could just be she went to a grocery store. There was a male clerk and she had to interact with him and he saw that because he's waiting in the car because she can't go anywhere by herself because that's what abusers do. And she gets back in the car like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like saying terrible things to her. And then it's like, you want to fuck that guy? You want to blah, blah, blah? And like, freaks out. So he throws her in the basement, because it's always the basement, chains her up forever. We have no textual evidence about the basement. And goes and kills him. And brings him, or maybe even kidnaps him, brings him to the basement, kills him in front of her. You ever seen a ghost? Rack! Kills the guy. Holding a blossom by the stem. His yeah. fucking spinal cord. Yeah, man. So, ah. so she's, like, terrified and fucked up, right? Blinded by the colors I see. Takes on a new turn, too. Like, there's just... This is a room of violence and stuff. So basically, yeah, she just is is terrified and, and kept in this basement until he finally does kill her. I hear your name. She's screaming down there or something, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so that's the, the horrific picture that I was thinking is this very oh, no. like hostile, abusive situation where she's she's in there and he kills a guy to. to and he kills point. her eventually. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. OK. You don't ever have to make a fuss over me is almost like that's almost either a breakup line or a your deadline. You yeah. Know? You don't have to think about me anymore. Don't worry. And similarly as you, I think he does keep the corpse around for a little while. Like, what, I've been in a brawl, feeling the wall. Like, he feels like this stuff's coming in. I got to do something with this body. I got to do something. And he puts her in the river. Yeah, actually, no, that one really. And I think the carry all my thoughts with you, I think, is putting you down the river, girl. Yeah. Take him away. Mm. So. What's up with the high on the hill, though? I, I mean, I think that could just be like a, a justice the... thing. Like. Okay, you carry all my thoughts with you. The over the the oh, you mean like him being over the hill? Well, just high on the hill. You carry all my thoughts with you. Yeah, I think that's will. My this love could tear me in two. I think that's reflection almost on us. Um, the like a justice like on the hill to me always means for some reason like a political situation or a judicial situation. So like people will judge me for this. You can judge me with this, but you can take my shit away. Okay, yeah, you can carry all your thoughts with you, whatever you no, want. It doesn't matter. I, I'm to numb me. to all this. I don't yeah, give a fuck. Yeah, my will. Yeah. This love could tear me in two. Yeah. If you were to stop me, if I was to be arrested, they would they would let me go on the power of my love. Yeah. I love her so much. Yeah, yeah. They sure. would be able to tell that. Yeah. And then, yeah, the I'm over the hill is just back to, like, why he did this in the first place. Like, I'll fucking show you. You don't think I'm good enough? Mm-hmm. I'll show you. 
Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then it's almost a that's almost the goodbye that he was uh, hinting at a couple of times in this. You know, let me see what you got because it's basically that you thought I was over the hill. You thought I was past my prime. Let me see what you got as you're drowning in, into the river. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have a whopping good time. As in, I'm gonna have a whopping good time. See you later. Peace yeah. out. Yeah. So, Love it. Wow. The yeah. two very different murderous Both very dark? <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been singing this song since 2006. Uh, we've never had a Modern Times yet. Modern Times was the last CD I ever bought in 2006. Went to the Best Buy the day it came out uh, in August of 2006. And uh, I've been singing this song since then. I absolutely love this song. I have never once ever thought on any intellectual really? level about this no because for me it was always just a sickly sweet stuff but it's it this is a weird song for me i love dylan's lyrics but i'm all about the way his vocal cords move in this mm-hmm. song this song is truly like being on the water like take away the lyrics for a minute oh yeah i really feel like i'm just like Very flowing mm-hmm. down and i love the darkness at, like was soon after midnight even if i'm feeling this way which i'll never not think of this in the future <laughs> right the fact that he sings it straight and sings it sweet makes it so great. I think it makes it even better. That if this Scary. truly is a character that he writes from the perspective mm-hmm. of sometimes, I think that's really – what a cool exploration. Like, yes, it's dark and people – like, I don't know. I think it's dumb to be like people don't have those thoughts and maybe something's wrong with him. Maybe mm-hmm. he has it. It's like – I mean, you get that shit out, right? Mm-hmm. He wrote a song from that perspective. Well, we're, we're on team – Bob Dylan is a creative mind – and not every song is a fucking biography. Yeah, absolutely. So every good writer out there that's worth even memorializing or even talking about is not somebody that writes from a first-person perspective all 100% the time. 100% of the time. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, it would get really stale if literally everything is traced back to you. The best parts are – I mean typically the first records, the first couple of records of yours are very personal because they're, you've been working your whole life on them. you got to write what you know. Exactly. But then you become an artist and you want to do it. You can't live those lifestyles. You can't live the same experiences over. Bob Dylan, hopefully, has never killed anybody. But he – maybe this one is stretching it a bit to be fair. But like soon after midnight, he's – I mean this, he does say I killed a man back there. Yeah. I mean, soon even after that, midnight, he uses the word corpse. Exactly. And even if this is more of like a – some people see it as like a sort of a, a meta comment on him, his childhood. Obviously, this is like a 50 song mm. um, but also – sort of echoing you know uh, Johnny Cash you know I hear the train a coming it's rolling around the bend and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on but that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio When I was just a baby My mama told me, son Always be a good boy Don't ever play with guns But I shot a man in Reno Just to watch him die When I hear that whistle blowing I hang my head and that's that's definitely going on there a little right. bit right there. So it's like, what are we doing? And I think if you're just seeing it as like, these are almost an amalgamation of all of the syrupy love songs that were playing in his childhood, and then you get the darkness coming in and sort of like, like the paradigm shift of Johnny Cash. I think that's an interesting 
an interesting personal read on a man. I think so. But I don't like to see it that way. I like to think that he's telling me a story. I think that's much more interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we come down on this podcast in that vein. So even if you don't see it like that and you just see it as a as an amalgam of syrupy love songs, I think that's okay. I think it's 100% okay. Because personally, I think that some of the, the vagueness of it is detrimental. And I think you – in a song like this, you really – you crave – a little bit of stability and i think when you see him as a monster kind of helps the song along to be honest there's a couple references in there uh before we um end the episode of course the bible right off the bat in the beginning darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters oh, Boom. so genesis um, one and two so pretty much the beginning of the bible um and also that quote from before um, by Clint Highland, he does quote uh, in here, Sonny Boy Williamson, twice. Uh, Black gal blues, Lord knows I'm wild about you. Black gal, you ought to be a fool about me. And then Sugar Mama Blues. They've been bragging about Joe Sugar. Sugar Mama been bragging all over town. They've been bragging about Joe Sugar. Sugar mama bragging all over town. Now the bootleggers want you to sell them enough to make whiskey, but you only sell them with about four or five pounds. And then naturally, Ovid, yeah. who was on the cover of your uh, booklet this week, um, he, he wrote in, in uh, the Black Sea letter, so not the Metamorphosis. Um, can't believe these things would ever fade from your mind, which is what he just took completely for the song. He quotes Ovid multiple times in this record, apparently, on four songs, including this one. So Yeah, there's lots of, I including Ain't Talking. Yeah, and Brick Man Blues, and The Levy's Gonna Break. Levy's Gonna Break. <laughs> that is a repetitive song. Uh, okay, so that is the end of uh, this episode, the end of our first Modern Times. I can't wait to keep getting more uh it's a so great is it, it's not all loungy like that no no actually this is probably the loungiest song uh this reminds me of the song called by and by which is on love and theft it's kind of the weird outlier but it's also maybe one of the best ones on the record i really like this song a lot i love the placement this is the second song that happens after thunder on the mountain which is kind of a crazy um you know rollicking blues song and it's really nice to then just go into crooner bob before crooner bob was even a thing you know, this this makes a lot more sense now in 2017, 2018 than it did back then. You know, it's kind of like, well, let's, this is weird. Oh, yeah, this I is cool. imagine it came out of nowhere before. Yeah, okay. because, I mean, like, we've listened to Honest With Me. I mean, he's rocking. That's mm-hmm. a rock song. So it is what it is. But uh, we, we love Crooner Bob here, and we, we ride and die for him because what else are we going to do? <laughs> All right, Kelly, we are also people in the world this week, these last two weeks. What... What sort of things were you uh, were you into? I watched Future Man, which is on Hulu. Uh, it's finished like December of last year, but um, I was just looking for stuff to watch, and it's like a sci-fi time traveling comedy. It's actually really fun. It stars Josh, Josh, wow, Josh Hutcherson, oh. and um, that girl from I feel so shitty because I don't remember her name. Um, What's the name? Happy Endings. Um, Brad's wife? How's it going, Jane? I'm being held in a chair against my will, but I'm cozy. I'm sorry. 
Looks like your old pal Stephanie has a bunch of great ideas for your roof garden. Here's my favorite, a family of plastic gnomes. She calls them the Tiny Tins. They got a mailbox, Jane. You know what? I might just take a nap on it right now. Bang out a quick fiber right here. Don't let her, Penny. You didn't tell me I was going to have to do this. Penny! Wake up, slot. And that's not all. You haven't even weighed in on the gazebo yet. And the options are way worse than you thought. They're novelty gazebos, Jane. Novelty. It's like the idea of a gazebo is like some big joke. <laughs> oh, shut your mouth, Penny. And you always make my haircut appointments, Jane. It's been days. Look at all this hair. I look like Gene Wilder. God, I'm a monster. And the trash hasn't been picked up in days. It may never get picked up again. But I'm sure Michael could handle that. Right, Michael? No, I don't want to handle that. I'm so sorry I ran against you, Jane. The people in this building are animals. Somebody... Somebody is tutoring in their condo. <sighs> we are... NOT ZONED FOR THAT! Oh. <gasps> Hello? I need to cancel an order of gnomes. Penny, I need you to go downstairs. I need you to remove the suggestion box from the lobby before people start thinking their ideas are valid. Brad, get me a new pair of pants. I look like a Turkish whore master. <gasps> you did it, Al! My baby's back! Did I eat nachos? She's amazing. Eliza Coop from Happy Endings. Okay. Amongst other things. She's actually been on a ton of shit. She and has. then a rando guy I've never seen before. And then Keith David also shows up as a recurring role, and I love him because nice. his voice is amazing. Also, he's it great. Um, yeah, it's it's like a sci-fi time-traveling comedy, which sounds like kind of a mishmash, but it's really good. Like, yeah. the whole thing is Josh Hutcherson plays a video game, and he beats it, and no one else in the world's ever beat the game. And then suddenly people appear in his room, like, you're the chosen one. You beat nice. the game. And then they go in this weird time, like, they have to go to the 80s, and it's like, oh, that's fun. It's, it was, ended up being really funny, and, like, they try to do a good job of including people a little bit. I mean, they could have done better, but it's, you know, it is what it is. And, I don't know, it was, like, a, a really cool thing I never heard anybody talk about or no. never saw anything. And they got picked up for a second season, so nice. I'm excited to watch it. So, yeah, Future Man, I would recommend. Hulu. There you go. Perfect. We are, we've got some big news at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. I've been catching up on old records that came out back in uh, April and May. So I've got a couple of recommendations, Kelly. One is going to be, this is a tentative recommendation, but under oath, erase me. Not great. It's not great. We talked a lot about under oath couple of, I mean, at this point, months back. Um, I've had a lot of time now since we're not recording weekly, which I will get to at the end of this episode, um, to listen to these records multiple times uh, over the course of these two months. It's still not great. They're not, uh, they're not the same band as before. They have a different sound. They have a different aesthetic. That's fine. Uh, so if you like the old Under Oath, maybe this is for you. Maybe it's not. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever heard. But um, you can rest assured that all of... The joshing about under oath, it was justified. They really weren't that. They really weren't that great. Mm. Yeah, you remember reading their. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that whole like mm. bio intro, like under oath was a band. <laughs> yes. So all of that, you were right in the end. So congratulations. Thanks. Um, it's it's still fun that it came out. I I never am going to be upset about stuff like that. Another record we both really 
liked, I could fairly say, is Hop Along. Oh, yeah. I Barker Head Off Dog. Recommendation. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. Hop Along, one of my favorite bands of the last couple of years. Seeing them live was like one of my favorite experiences of 2015. They're actually going to be coming back to Portland, I think, uh, a couple months now. I mean, is it sold out yet? Can we go? August, I think. Something like that. Yeah. We should definitely get Let's tickets. Um, f- amazing. Absolutely amazing. So, if you've never listened to it, um, I'd recommend going online to Spotify right now. How simple? Uh, Somewhere a judge, the Fox in Motion, which just makes me think of that Slater Kinney. The Fox. Yeah, the Fox, which I mean, it's great. And Prior Things. I mean, those are the best songs. And then another one that I want to recommend wholeheartedly as well, a band that just never ceases to amaze me. I never think it's going to be great. It's a band called The Wonder Years. You they like were, them though. Why are you like? Well, because I just constantly think that it's just going to be like a weird letdown or something. Or they're going to go back to a sound. Or they're going to do something that's like adult contemporary and just never feel like a real band that they were. But they are like, I mean, it's cliche now to say it, but like they're they were a pop punk band that slowly just emerged into this really great, thoughtful group of guys that play this really great music. And the album Sister Cities is beautiful. And it's sort of a concept album in a way in that, you know, it's about going all over the world. And, you know, the sister city of uh, Philadelphia, where they're from, is this town in um, in Chile. And they were actually down there touring and shows ran out. They didn't have anywhere to stay. They didn't know anybody down there. Everything fell through. And then in this desperation, they found out that the little town that they were in was actually the sister city of Philadelphia. And so they had the sister city foundation or whatever, you know, the sister city, you know, across the world, they Mm. coordinate these events and stuff like that. And so he just had a home with all these people that knew Philadelphia, that had been to Philadelphia in this random town. And so that inspired him to, you know, write a record like this. That's like, we're all together. This is a thing. So I recommend sister cities. It's a beautiful album. Sister cities, the song, it must get lonely is a fucking banger. Uh, So good. I don't know how they get these hooks. I don't know how they do it. Uh, Heaven's Gate, Sad and Sober, so great. And the songs, um, When Blue Finally Came, uh, into the song The Orange Grove. The two of those together, this slow brooding track into The Orange Grove. Mm, one of the best moments of 2018. I almost said 2016. <laughs> Holy shit, man. And wrong year. And one of the best moments of 2018, bar none. So those are my recommendations. One of yours, Hop Along, Under Oath, sort of. And Future Man. Future Man. Boom. This is great. This is timely. Go listen to those records. Go watch Future Man. Might be back on season two. Who knows? Yeah. Probably not. Nah, it's I still think it's summer. November. Boom. We got a release date. November. November, <laughs> I don't know. everybody. I don't know. I just late. It's later. All right, Kelly. Let's go ahead and pick next week's song. We are still, for the final time, going down that lazy river. This is it. We're almost at our destination. Summer. <laughs> Summer. <laughs> We're almost there. So let's let's just do it. I think the obvious pick i'm sure a lot of you out there if you're guessing what i'm gonna choose it's gonna be pretty obvious you might not be very happy with me there's a lot of choices to go with i felt conflicted but i also feel like this is a this is a big one because it's one that's pretty random and doesn't have an album's counterpart so there's no way we're gonna talk about it by itself because it doesn't have an album to be a part of it is just a random single and of course it is watching the river flow from 1973 it was a single um never part of a record although in that bob dylan style i think there was a conception of a record around that idea (laughs) but never came out 
and also very different from what he was doing. He was doing stuff like Sign on the Window, you know, our theme song um, is what he did just in, uh, you know, a year or two before. And now he's doing this, you know, sort of rock music uh, and sort of like you can hear a lot of stuff like Bruce Springsteen and stuff like the way that piano's going, the way the guitars are rocking, like he is tuned in to the moment that's coming. So next two weeks from now, sorry, we're going to be talking about watching the river flow. However, we're also going to announce that we are going to be going back to a weekly schedule after the next episode. Two weeks from now, we'll be back to genuinely pick the next song that we're going to be doing. We also are going to be doing our last episode next week in the bunker. The bunker, they're letting us out, Kelly. What? what? We don't know where we're going and where we do know where we're going. In a very real way, this is like the Michael Scott scenario. We know where we're going, but in a real way, we don't have no, <laughs> we have no idea, idea where, where we're, we're going. going. Uh, we don't know what it's called. We don't know what it's going to look like or feel like, but we know that we're going to be there. So join us two weeks from now for the final Bunker episode, episode 57. Are you? Do you feel sad about the Bunker? I'm scared. Yeah, scared. Um, mostly. I mean, we haven't really been let out in a while, so. I hope the world's okay. Well... Maybe somebody should tell us yeah. if it's okay or not. You can tweet us at SOGW Pod. Let us know if, if things are on fire. I mean, we already kind of know the answer. Everything is on Everything fire. Everything's always on fire. But, I mean, maybe Instagram or Tumblr or even send us a long-form email at SOGWPod at gmail.com. But if you get confused and that's too many things to remember, you can always just go to SOGWPod.com. It's true. And if you want to help us out, out of the bunker, we're going to need a little startup money. So... Patreon.com slash SOTWPod is probably a great place to go to say, hey, you're trying to make a living. I mean, Pacific Northwest rents are cheap. I mean, they're nothing. It doesn't really matter. God. Yeah, just <laughs> if only if, if a couple people could throw like five or ten bucks, I mean, we could probably get a nice place for like ten bucks, right? I mean, that's oh, like yeah. how much rent is. But we, we yeah, like a, a readjustment adjustment into the real world from the bunker. Fund. You know, I, it's going to be some Kimmy Schmidt. I. Money, basically, right? yeah. basically. I mean, John Hamm was about to come down here, and uh, well, actually, no, he was. De- he didn't save us. Reverend no. Gary is that his he, name? Yeah. Reverend something. No, we're gonna get pulled out by the SWAT team. Yeah, we about to be having a. Oh my god! So <laughs> we about to be having a. Uh, we alive, an auto tune. Yeah. Um, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. That woman is strong. Females are strong as, as hell. hell. That's right. Kimmy Schmidt's coming back. It's already back. Oh, god damn. damn. <laughs> It's just bad, man. It's bad. <laughs> Soon we won't have to live I know. this lie this anymore. It's so hard. This tangled web it's of so lies fucking that hard. we're so bad at weaving. <sighs> so we go. Is that it? Yeah.
me 